crazy boxes at CBS. They wouldn't let you rest. And if things get strange, you can call it a cult classic. Not even Lucas can stomach it. It's the gift that gives and gives. The And welcome to the Christmas episode of the Existentialist Cucumber. My name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, this isn't a very Christmassy question, but uh, I just had to ask, do you have any real world monorail experience? Like, did you ever ride the one at the Metro Toronto Zoo when they had it? I did ride the one when I was a kid because obviously it's been down for a while. But yes, I've, I've ridden said monorail or a monorail. Yeah, it's not just on The Simpsons. It's not just on The Simpsons, and they don't, and they all fail. <laughs> the one at the Toronto Zoo and the one in Las Vegas. So you're referring to the failed monorail, or the man- monorail's gone bankrupt, and um, Elon to the rescue, where I think he's planning on building a subway. But what are yeah. all those? Uh, guys with the cushy jobs are going to do i don't know i don't know but i i have ridden that monorail before in vegas oh yeah yeah because when i was there one time i really wanted to stay at the hilton because that's back when it had the star trek experience ah yes Um, and then none of my friends wanted to stay there so i stayed there by myself but it's off strip a little bit and then Mm -hmm. so but the monorail serviced the hilton so like if i wanted to get to treasure island from from the Hilton, I took that monorail. And yeah, there was guys who clearly had cushy jobs on that monorail. <laughs> Just lazy as all get up. Any 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 chance the track could bend? Oh, on your life. <laughs> um, you know you know what the funny thing is? I, I've been to that Hilton for the Star Trek experience. So um my friend Sean and I went, and this would have been the late '90s, and we didn't. We stayed at um, New York, New York, New York. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yeah. And so we drove. He had his car. We drove there. But you're right. It's it's kind of out there. Um, I I kind of liked the immersion that it offered. Like I thought they did a really good job for that back then. Like both of us kind of enjoyed the ride and hang out at quarks bar yeah yeah man they had such great menu items as the seven of nine seafood collective which is one kind <laughs> of shellfish inside oh. another kind of shellfish i forget <laughs> so so is it just like just like a a, a a menagerie of of seafood that's been uh assimilated yeah yeah essentially <laughs> there was uh what was the, uh, the the warp core reactor breach? The big the big drink that you could get. Some friend mm-hmm. would would serve it to you. Uh, but did you do when you went? Did they have the Klingon ride and the Borg ride? Uh, no, this was just the. I don't. I don't know if I can't remember what themed it was. So maybe maybe I'll I'll, I'll explain um, the way I I went through the ride. So. The first part was made intentionally to look really cheesy. Mm-hmm. And then there's this guy dressed up 
in this in a, a really bad Starfleet uniform and everyone like even including myself are like what did we get ourselves into this doesn't look right and then you're put into this room and the 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 lights go off and something is run amok or whatever and uh quote unquote you are teleported onto the uh onto the enterprise so somehow the room walls lift and exposes a much larger room i i i've never bothered trying to figure out how how it was done and you know uh will riker is guiding you through the mission and you're you know the immersion is fine i i, I don't remember the message maybe that was the borg one maybe if that rings a bell there was one of them well one of them you're you blow up a klingon warbird over top of excalibur like it's really okay because the klingons are attacking you because one in your group is supposed to be a ancestor of either kirk or picard i think it was picard so they're, they're trying to wipe you out before picard like wipe out picard's line i guess before he can be before he can be born uh and then there was a borg one the borg one was was great because like it's it's live action for for quite a bit longer and borg actually chase you down like a hall and they they like assimilate a couple of starfleet guys like these oh, actors they're like ah, okay they get assimilated and stuff mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. No, no, no. Ours was a lot more uh, passive in that sense, where we walked through these hallways that were really well done. They looked like the next gen, like next gen TV show Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Then you get yourself onto the bridge. From the bridge, you are led to quote unquote the real ride, which is like you know get in the shuttle and you know, and then you get this. Uh, immersion shuttle ride where the thing tilts and shifts and yeah i I really liked it and of course it exits out into the um uh, gift store of course (laughs) i would have been disappointed if it hadn't (laughs) well uh as i said off the top this is our holiday christmas episode so hopefully um it'll fare better better than uh life day on star wars as we've been discussing leading up to this episode um, but I, I'm afraid I don't have any um, uh, Life Day and or Star Wars Christmas special bashing to talk about today. I didn't put that on our call sheet, but uh, is there any any parting words before the holiday ends? And uh, I just I just thought it was really unnecessary to rip the head off that stuffed bantha. <laughs> and and oh, I, I was going to bring up um, the whole ceremony at the end. Yeah, or where 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 uh, where Carrie Fisher sings? That and no no, it's the whole Chewy in the robe and carrying <laughs> yeah, some right. kind of glowing light. It almost seemed like the the end of Phantom Menace, but or maybe the or I don't know. It's just, yeah. uh, enough enough for one season. We'll 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 talk to you uh, next <laughs> next okay, next holiday gotta, season. Gotta come up next next holiday season. Oh, I, I can't I, I not think talk that. about it. I think I think I think we just well I think we can talk about it alongside the documentary if it ever gets released so we can yeah, yeah. look at the, the inside information but uh, um, but still on Star Wars and obviously leading into the Christmas holidays is our Mandalorian recap so this episode um, uh, entitled the Believer I hope I got that right I the think Believer so, yeah, yeah. Um, Bill Burr makes a reappearance as Mando needs his assistance to uh, get back the child. What's his um, name again? Migs, Migs Mayfield. 
his character. Yeah, I didn't even really know his name. It's not really a Star Wars name. Like, I'm, I'm sure. Mayfield. I'm sure. I'm sure they asked him what what do you want to be called, and he made yeah. that made up. So <laughs> let's just. That's about as good as 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 much of a synopsis we can offer. So we say spoilers from here. So if you haven't seen it yet, which is kind of odd because the next episode will be out, and you know. Uh, so spoilers from here. Um, I really like this episode, Curtis. Um, m- lots of things happen in it. Progress the story. Bill Burr. Wow. Yeah. Uh, acting. That's all. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting. Uh, I wasn't expecting that character arc for him. No, not at all. I thought, okay, is he just going to be wise cracking gunslinger as he was before? But totally came back a different character, obviously more vulnerable. Uh, but that's, that's the stuff that, you know, makes Mandalorian separate from other star Wars, uh, things that have been coming out over the last, it's all kind of quote unquote, the new star Wars stuff, right. Not including the cartoons, but, uh, like the last three movies, like, mm-hmm. like that, that episode, it was like, geez, why couldn't you do that <laughs> for, you know, that type of treatment for any of the uh, main characters in, uh, uh, for Ray, or even Ray herself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that uh, there there was a a lack of those kind of character beats, and in, 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 I mean, it was still better than you know. I thought the the uh, the prequel trilogy, as far as you know, characterization, like mm-hmm. you know. Anakin Skywalker um, becomes like the the absolute embodiment of evil because because he just feels he's not getting enough respect, you know. Like, it's just like I thought it was gonna be there's gonna be a real reason for him to go like like Padme died in childbirth, which I mean, which she did later, but he was already you know turning by then, or something like that was gonna be what what, and then he was like, well, I couldn't protect her with the light side, so you know, or something like that. I'm going to go to the dark side because I'm not going to be powerless again. And so it's just like, man, I ain't getting no respect around here. This old, <laughs> this old creepy guy likes me though. So I'm just going to be, I'm going to go and slaughter infants at the Jedi temple. Yeah. Without any, yeah, exactly. It was like, it, it was even worse than any wrestling turn. Way worse. There was some wrestling <laughs> turns that had a way, <laughs> had way more gravitas than that. Like it was, it was just really ham fisted. But yeah, they, the yeah, I, I loved uh, the Bill Burr's character in in in, the, in in that episode. Well, because they know people are going to anticipate the oh, he's going to betray Mando at any point. But uh, if you rewatch the episode, there really is no reason for you to believe that other than your preconceived notion of the character from the previous season. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. When you rewatch it, there's no, oh, he's going to he's going to eject Mando now or he's going to break the cover. You know, there, there's never any uh, real reason if you rewatch the episode with a, a different set of eyes, um, mm-hmm. which, again, was good. And it also shows, you know. He's a decent actor, you know, like he's typically what stand up comedian. That's his normal job, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a stand up comedian. He's got a podcast, but like, yeah, he's basically just giving sort of like hot takes and, you know, hmm. that kind of, st- that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, no, I thought, I thought he was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was surprised. Um, 
by yeah both 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 his acting ability and sort of like what they did with the character because i liked him before like you know as sort of like the the unscrupulous wisecracking gun for hire you know he was fine for for that the first season but then they made his character so i don't know is he is he going to be sort of like the uh the recurring character like maybe like once or twice a season he'll show up and that, that'll be kind of like a you know something the fans look forward to or i don't know what they're going to do with him from from here on out but you kind of want to see more of him after that um maybe because now he's um you know he's released he's in space and kind of man wandering the universe right now so they could bring him back for whatever episode um forever over well i think we'll we'll spend a bit of time to talk about the other shows that are coming out uh that were announced yeah they announced uh, a boatload of stuff boatload of stuff so <laughs> but uh let, let's let's quick let's continue what uh the the recap so the point of the episode is he is ex-imperial which i don't know if you were if that was revealed in the episode prior um but it was a belief that he could um use a imperial terminal to determine the whereabouts or get the signature of moth gideon's uh a star destroyer um and locate him so the there was no okay we'll we'll we're going to use him to help get the child it was like trying to figure out where where the child is so mm-hmm. it was a good adventure um good use of uh boba fett and uh fennec mm-hmm. uh, fennec cara doing their the sisterhood of sniping <laughs> yeah yeah um and uh and boba fett driving the getaway car i i i like that um I liked his. Uh, I like when they were when they were trying to figure out how to, how like how, like how to get get uh, in there, get past the uh, I guess the facial recognition scanners, and then they say to Boba mm-hmm. Fett, "What about you?" He goes, "I think they'd recognize my face." <laughs> well, I think uh, yeah, that that was a good little inside joke, uh, but you brought up a great point that 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 point in the episode where. Mando has to break the creed and mm-hmm. take his helmet off, and like right there and then, you again building the character even further. Uh, you know the the lengths that he's going to go to to protect Grogu. Yeah, who you don't see at all in this episode. I think it's the first one because because the first one you see him right at the the very end, like the last shot, right? Grogu, yep. and then this is the first. So this is the first episode where you don't see Grogu at all. I think it's smart. Yeah. I, I, it, it just goes to show that the Mandalorian can still carry his own show. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking, oh, is he going to show up right at the end? Whatever, like, you know, like damsel in distress while he's watching the message. But uh, so uh, I, again, I guess maybe they'll do this once a season where Pedro, uh, Pedro Pascal reveals himself that he's actually is acting in the, in this episode, not just providing the voice. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the whole, that, that, that part was great. And then Bill Burr kind of tries to talk their way out. Um, yeah. and, but it doesn't work. And then they have that, uh, it reminded me, that scene reminded me of, um, the bar scene with, um, in, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. 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 That's like, uh, yeah. With, uh, um, 
oh, what's his name? Help me out, Curtis. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Magneto. <laughs> yeah, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, with Fassbender and uh, the other German officers, and they're just kind of talking and kind of playing chess talking and yeah. and Fassbender does the same thing right like someone draws a gun and takes out someone in that in that well I have to go back and rewatch it but it just that was the first thing that came to my mind was uh was that scene and it was a great scene right mm-hmm. just a really tense tense scene and all right let's get back to the action yeah yeah um the getaway was good everything set up um and, and so you're you're gonna uh, what's your thoughts on that on that um acting scene by bill burr with the the the, the conversation at the table it kind of reminded me of uh not really not really sort of tonally but but seeing seeing somebody who hadn't really carried like a dialogue scene like that before and then they it was um it was the first time that uh the uh, Mike Ermentrout character from Breaking Bad. There was one episode, it was the first one where he has like a, a sort of like heavy dialogue sort of scene, like a lot of monologue type stuff. And he just did, he just did it. Like, you know, he, he, it just was natural and it, and it really, really worked. And you're like, Holy crap, this guy's good. And, you know, I, I, I felt the same way in this. I was like, well, he's, he's really, you know, he's he's not over overdoing it like if you're not a an experienced actor you're sort of like a you know you're you're a name but then you're guest starring in like a a show like that you could see them like trying too hard or you know not coming across as genuine as a result but i thought he came across as really sort of believable and 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 uh and 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 sort of natural in that scene well the motivation was vengeance right <laughs> Um, because he didn't want to go to the terminal because he thought he was going to be um, sussed out. Yeah, I, I believe it was. Yeah, it would have been the same guy he would have thought that would have recognized him, or he just wasn't brave enough to do the job. And then they—that was a, a reason for Mando to unmask. Yeah. Um, so essentially, like he was on a mission uh, where, like, he lost his whole his whole platoon or whatever and a ton of civilians died and uh you know he for, I guess for no reason for no real reason he's never really forgiven the empire for it and i guess his commanding off officer is the guy that they run into and uh and then yeah he basically sort of lays it on the line that the that the empire was uh you know evil <laughs> Yeah, well, but it it goes to show you like how long was that conversation at the table, and you, you and I both got all of that, and that that's I think that was missing in a lot of the um, the 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 last three movies is just you know I I can you can get so much of a character from a two minute conversation if you just cut to the chase and you know yeah and it was and it was a lot better written too like you know if it was like in the star wars like a core star wars movie it'd be like you were evil you did very evil things and now you must pay for your evilness whereas (laughs) in this one like you know he's he's not trying to he like he's trying not to give away his hand and you know all this kind of stuff you know and uh 
you know, there's a lot more sort of subtext and, you know, I'm not saying that it's like Lawrence of Olivier stuff, but, uh, <laughs> or Lawrence Olivier, Lawrence, Sir Lawrence Olivier, Lawrence, Lawrence of Lawrence Arabia. Arabia. I'm getting his, <laughs> getting them conflated. I'm not saying it's Sir Lawrence Olivier stuff, but, uh, so, uh, mission accomplished. They get what they want and, um, great little ending uh which is the the man the mandalorian sends a message to moth gideon basically a threat (laughs) (laughs) yeah um basically it's it's no different than i guess the last season where moth gideon almost gives him the same ultimatum Mm -hmm. you know you have something i want and you don't understand the lengths i will go to yeah um but i guess um Going back quickly to the title of the episode, The Believer, because usually that all makes sense to me. This one, who is the believer in this one then? Is it Mando? Is it is it J- Din Jarden? Because I guess, is he finally believing in Bill, Bill Burr? And, or what's the context of, of the title, in your opinion, Curtis? Uh, that's a good question. Who is the believer? I'm wondering if he was the 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 believer because like originally he wasn't gonna you know he had problems with the helmet right because mm-hmm. he was a because uh, he's he's like devout in in the in that in that uh, sort of sect of the Mandalorian culture or whatever and then maybe maybe with him you know taking like taking off his helmet which is something that he was ne- would never have done prior maybe he's a he's a believer in something else now ah very good i i, I like that one because yeah the, he and man uh mando and bill burr i refuse to call him by his star wars name uh the conversation, <laughs> the conversation that he they the two of them have in that um carrier uh, or the transport where he's making fun of him for wearing the stormtrooper helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think kind of sets up the, the demasking, I think in a way. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think you knew it was going to come. Yeah. And I, I, I don't mind if they do it, you know, sparingly mm-hmm. wherever they need to. Um, so yeah. Uh, one more episode to go. Mando knows where Moth Gideon is and uh, send the threat and man on a mission. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking, looking forward, forward to it. Looking forward to the big showdown. <laughs> Definitely looking for a big showdown. Okay, why don't we uh, uh, finish our recap there? Excellent episode. Um, can't wait till uh, the new one. All right, let's head to the headlines. Um, Dion Warwick suddenly the Twitter queen. Yeah, that was uh, that 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 kind of wasn't uh what i expected I, I, if, if i was going to be entertained by anybody's twitter feed i didn't expect it to be dion warwick but uh but she's got a she's got a pretty funny twitter feed <laughs> no no i she she's now my second i only i think i only follow two people and now it's her and 80s doug ford <laughs> um but yeah let's what wh- wh- why don't you take take this one there curtis well, I th- I think I don't know how if I if I was re- just reading a like if other people were tweeting about it or if she was getting retweeted a lot or how 
I kind of got alerted to it. But yeah, it's just uh, she she's just been sort of uh, making fun of people's other people in the like very in a very good natured way, making mm-hmm. fun of other people's um, sort of stage names and nicknames in the industry. Like the weekend, she couldn't get over the spelling. Like she's like, why? Who is this guy? And why is he? Why? Why? Why can't he spell weekend properly? And all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and she keeps calling uh, B- Billy Eilish William Eyelash. She goes, I thought it was somebody whose full name was William Eyelash. Uh, what was the Chance one? Chance the Rapper is another Chance one. Chance the Rapper, yep. Yeah, I, I read that one. But where... it's kind of come to good, too, because uh, her and Chance the Rapper are now, like, teaming up on a charity initiative because, like, you know, he <laughs> caught wind of this. And so, yeah, it's kind of one of those things that's gone. In, in, like, for all the sort of, like, stuff that goes viral on Twitter, that's just that's just the worst. It's kind yeah. of fun to see to see something just kind of, like, jokey and amusing that you didn't expect go viral on twitter that's kind of that's kind of fun to follow and fun to watch i'm sure it'll wear out its welcome after a while she'll run out of people to make fun of of. she's just yeah it's just like her throwing shade everywhere um hey you know what's what's the song that she's what are friends for did I, did I segue that one properly? Is that the name of the song? I don't know. Uh, but it, it it was revealed that her niece is like her social media agent and, yeah. and doing these tweets with her okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Because otherwise, like, yeah, Dionne Warwick going after like The weekend would, would she know who The weekend is? But I love the fact that she was also making fun of both him and, um, and Chance for yeah. putting the in their name. Like, yeah. And then she goes, I'm not going to come after everybody. I'm not coming after Megan the Stallion and <laughs> Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, didn't she also do like a uh, like a Taylor Swift shout out and Taylor Swift was all like fangirl gushing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, it's just been sort of like a like like a celebrity love in, too, on this. Uh, like I think Jennifer Garner wished her a happy birthday or something. And then she was all like she was all ecstatic and then she's been given shout outs and, and the recipients of those shout outs have been all ecstatic so i don't know it's kind of like a yeah no a positive space on twitter where where one wasn't expected to crop up it's a christmas miracle buddy um <laughs> uh, in the headline this is a recent one um again i would say this is also a good-natured one too uh tom cruise that his uh expletive uh, laden diatribe that he went on a set of was it Mission Possible Seventeen or <laughs> or, or sorry uh, episode, uh, like seven. Seven. yeah yeah so um, I guess some crew members were not obeying or doing something uh, against their COVID policies in uh, for the set so maybe they're standing too close to each other on mass whatever the case may be and. He just goes off, and this recording you can just go and find it yourself. Um, no point recapping it here, but honestly, I'm like, I think a lot of people's reaction is the same thing, which is, hey, good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, because his thing is like, you know, he's saying like, we're creating, we're trying to create thousands of jobs, and you know, mm-hmm. we we're, he wants to, he's like, this is this should be the the gold standard of working conditions and all this kind of stuff. And I guess he, you know, I mean, he knows that like, if, 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 if all of a sudden, like a, a bunch of cases come, come, come out of like, like, uh, 
you know come to set or whatever then they then they're shut down you know like you know yep. you know it's a it, it's it's a you know you have you have to um things the the, the thing is still spreading so rapidly you ha- you have to you know have you know very very strict uh, um health protocols especially when there's that you know there's a lot of people on set for a movie right it's not like they can do it with a slim down they probably are doing a slim down but slim down is probably still 200 people yeah you know, yeah around yeah doing it's a mission impossible movie it's like <laughs> yeah huge huge undertaking so 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 good for him you know i mean i think i think a lot a lot of us are kind of silent mostly because if i see anyone unmasked i'm not gonna say anything to them i just kind of stand up and walk away from them or whatever yeah um i don't want to get in those kind of conversations well i i think i've only been in two situations since the lockdown oh since march where i've where where i was like that i think they were both on the ttc Mm -hmm. yeah I was on a streetcar and I saw this guy. He just started decide, you know, just like I, I went, really? Like he just, just he started eating, which would be a normal thing on the TTC. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, he just started eating. And uh, I think there was someone else in the subway. Actually, both situations, they were both eating. Both people felt like they had to eat on the subway. And these weren't like homeless folks. These were just like regular people just like just couldn't wait to dig into their shawarma. Or whatever they're having. Hey man, I, I enjoy a shawarma as much as the next guy, but there's a time and a place. Oh, do you have do you have a place that uh, you want to do a shout out? Like where where's the best shawarma in your opinion? Well, don't say Alibaba because Alibaba is like the Tim Hortons of Middle <laughs> Oh, Alibaba and uh, and Villa Medina are kind of yeah, they're, they're sort of like the Tim Hortons and Starbucks of. Uh, no, there's a place called Sultan, which is right at. Um, Maine and and Danforth, you know. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure that that you know, some somebody somewhere can find a better shawarma, but like, uh, you know, it's local and it's good. And uh, you know, the guy the the guy who uh, runs it is a nice guy. You know, I've talked to him a few times. It's good, good. Uh, you know, it's it's a and and you know when when there's no COVID, it's uh it's one of the only options that's open till 3 a.m so if you're stumbling home drunk from one of the <laughs> one of the crappy bars at like <laughs> made in danforth you can stop in the sultan and get get a uh you know get a get a falafel on your way home so yeah yeah they're 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 great you know uh right near the subway good location sultan mm-hmm. sultan uh shawarma okay uh my 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 place is it's this place called the flaming the flaming stove it it's they so this is an interesting situation they share space inside a hasty market so in order to get into it you have to go through the hasty market and i believe they are persian in there so they make the shawarma with what they call a saj bread which is about the size of a small tablecloth and it's super thin, um, almost paper thin. And they, they, they do this wrapping inside this small tablecloth uh, uh, breading. It's, it's, it's quite good. Um, that sounds good. Yep, yep. So Tom Cruise, hats off to you. All right. Um, before we get into some more Christmas fun, because uh, we, we, we did promise this would be our, our Christmas episode, uh, 
we wanted to talk about our first thoughts of the now infamous game Cyberpunk 2077, which huge hype leading up to uh, the release day. So release day happened this weekend. Curtis, you and I both had a chance to play it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You on the PS5, but this is the... um, ps4 backwards compatible version that so you're playing the same version as i use the same set of code that i am and this game had a rough start Mm -hmm. say the least Mm -hmm. um i i'm sure you have some more insight but it's been haunted with serious performance and glitchy issues and it led to um cd red project i hope i pronounced it right um to issue like this large apology and said, oh, if you want a refund, go back to your digital provider of choice or bring it back to your store. Um, and here we are, uh, a lot of angry, a lot of angry, angry gamers. They were, they, were, they were threatening death threats because the game wasn't being released. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what they're saying now. I, I know I've been kind of keeping my eye on Reddit and the, the top stories have all been about this game. So... Curtis, what do you know, and what what was your your your, your well, experience so far? When I first so so when I first started playing it, I was like, "Ooh, this looks rough," um, you know, because uh, you know I knew it was a PS4 game and 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 not PS5, but like you know I had played you know the Miles Morales Spider Man game on the PS4, which looked really good, you know, and uh, yeah, it looked it looked it looked rough. Um, and uh, <laughs> or, or think, the last God of War, like that's one of yeah, the yeah, 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 last God of War. Um, you know, I did enjoy the character creation. I, you know, um, I, I made so I made the character. I did the you know did the introductory missions. We talked already about the driving. The driving in this game is abysmal. Oh well, let, let's let's get to that in a second. But uh, so you went with the corpo uh rat right? yeah you get three different choices for your backstory you can be like a nomad a street kid or a corpo corpo rat i went with the corpo rat yeah i went with the street kid yeah and uh and yeah i mean it was good and then there, there there's been like all kinds of problems i've i've had a few crashes i've had weird things happen like there's this one part time where this guy is giving me like a like a like a microchip uh, like that, that you can stick into like your ocular cavity and access this data or whatever. So he's giving me this chip, and then and then the game crashed. So I had to restart, restart the game, load load up my the save, and then he's giving me the chip chip again. But it's no longer a chip now. It's a now it's a it's a it's a pistol. It's an automatic pistol, <laughs> and he's taken it out of his head, and then he gives it to me, and I jam this pistol in my head. That's supposed to be a chip. I'm like, how? How does that even happen? Like it was perfectly the right thing, then it crashed, and now it's something completely different. Did you read all of it again and see just see if it changed again? No, no, I should have. Uh, yeah, I get crashes all the time. I've got. Oh you know, boy. Okay. Um, oh man. Okay. So besides graphics and the 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 the, the crashing, any other weird things happening on on your end? Yeah. Sometimes, like uh, my characters. Um, phallus will show up from out of nowhere <laughs> now you do so have the option to not to not give you your, your character 
you know, in the characters, you can be, you can be uh, male, female, non-binary. Like you've got a lot of options, uh, a lot of uh, uh, gender identity options. And I just went with a, with a, with a dude with a, <laughs> who happened to be, but you don't have to give yourself genitalia, but I did thinking like, oh, well, you know, since it's there, I'll, 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 I'll add that in. I'll probably never see it at the course of the game, but now I've seen it a ton of times because like <laughs> when, 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 when sometimes when you change like pants in the inventory screen, like the, 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 the phallus clips through the, the pants. I love how, because it's not a real carrot. It's not a real human. You're just calling it the phallus. The phallus. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, it could it could have been because I don't know if it's so organic, right? In Cyberpunk twenty seven seven, uh, that can be a completely. It could be. It could be an implant. Well, there there was that side mission of helping that one guy get to the uh, the rip dock. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did did you did you make it? I I didn't make it, and the guy exploded. No, I, I made it. Yeah. His dong exploded. Yeah. No, I got him there in time, despite the terrible driving mechanics. <laughs> we will get to that. So. Um, I haven't had crashes unlike you, but I've experienced weird graphics issues and also bad frame rates. Like it's just kind of gets hung up and even the audio gets hung up for a bit, but never a full on crash. Uh, but needless to say, the game did not go, well, they're saying they did not QC it enough on the PS4. So I think the PC game runs well enough. I, I guess without crashes and it might have a few issues here and there, but um, they, it seems to be clear that no one, no one on their end played it on the consoles that uh, well enough, or they played it and went, okay, good enough. We got to get this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but so needless to say, this is going to go down in video game history as like one of the, roughest launches so they've promised they've promised two major patches one in january one in february that apparently will get everything up to a stable position so i'm i'm gonna keep playing it i might kind of slow my pace down of 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 play but um i like don't get me wrong i i'm i am enjoying the story and the game itself is not too bad um you were asking me offline about my storyline because all three start the game like they all have their own epilogue, right? Or, uh, uh no, sorry, sorry. They, they they have their own their own different start uh, to the game. Uh, because I start off in a bar, um, and I'm just I I'm doing a favor to, um, help the bartender out because the bartender made 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 some wrong friends and my mission is to just basically steal this car um in the in the act and in the process of stealing the car that's when i meet jackie because jackie is there to steal the same car so that's how you befriend jackie on in my storyline so once that happens you guys decide okay let's go grab a bite to eat you guys realize you 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 know the same people and once you say, okay, let's grab a bite to eat, um, it plays that same montage that you see mm-hmm. of you and Jackie doing jobs together and getting into trouble together and partying together and 
and then the game basically i think the game at that point is identical mm-hmm. yeah so the corporate the corpo one was more of a you know inside your corporate shenanigans your boss who's a real douchebag is trying to bring down another terrible boss but that that terrible boss gets an upper hand and you basically get excommunicated from the corporation but jackie's kind of already your friend and you meet him at the bar Mm -hmm. and he's sort of like yeah you don't need them they're a bunch of you know let's just hang out and do all this extreme crap yep um yeah so that's how it started um yeah i gotta i have to say for the amount of like roughness i i i I think it's a good game um there's a ton of content there's a ton Mm -hmm. of world building uh you know i think that the you know after you get past that sort of um the first big mission things really start to start to open up and you can do like all kinds of different stuff and, and i do appreciate that about the game um you know it is worrying when you see a 70 gig patch on day one uh <laughs> come in it's something that you've just you've just spent hours downloading to play um you know and and obviously i'm i you know, I'm not super impressed with the with with some of the visuals. Uh, um, some of the character models are kind of weird looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm good, looking forward to when I get. I'm supposed to get a free upgrade to the PS5 version when it comes out, which I think will yeah. be next year. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, they sh- well they should have delayed this one a bit more. Yeah, I think so. So you said threats. you said um, uh, some of the character models look bad, but except for one. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Haido Kojima makes a cameo uh, in this game. Uh, for those that don't know, he's the creator, art director, game director for uh, Death Stranding and all the well, all the famous Metal Gear games. Uh, known for his storytelling and overall artsy weirdness. Mm-hmm. So he's in the game. He's in the hotel lobby just before you get the relic, which starts the bigger storyline. Um, and he's just holding court with other people. But I was telling you, well, I, I found him, and I was telling you that his model is more of a, a, a photo. Like it's almost just like uh, I'm watching him, like in the game. So his character model is like perfect. It's like mm-hmm. picture perfect. Yeah. So a little little nod to him. So hey, I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I uh, yeah. I, I missed that that part of the game. But yeah, looking at uh, the screenshots, I mean, he looks he looks fantastic. Just <laughs> everybody else's looks <laughs> kind of like it. Just really does look like you know, sort of sort of like it reminds me of playing like uh, not even Sleeping Dogs, like older an older game than Sleeping Dogs, like some of the some of the graphics i know that they Mm -hmm. you know it's a big it's a big city night city where the game takes place is a big city and there's a lot to to put in and stuff um i have seen some of the pc screenshots and they look way better like if it's running on a high-end pc so Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that you know when they when they catch up uh you know to the to you know with the patches maybe we'll get to see like the 
the game they envisioned. Um, mm-hmm. But if you can get past the glitches, if you can get past some of the disappointing visuals, if you can get past the the abysmal driving. Uh, oh yeah, well, let's let, let's talk about that. Okay, so, <laughs> so the driving mechanics you're talking about being actually in a car and driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is horrible. It is the only way I could describe it is it's 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 very floaty. It doesn't even feel like you're driving a car, which you are. It's you're not driving like a Blade Runner flying car like it's it's just a regular car like this should be a slam dunk mm-hmm. grand theft auto made it famous but the cars drive like crap yeah yeah and I, there was one mission too where i had to sort of like use the car like use the car as a as a, as a weapon and it was just like this is just this is just brutal i was supposed to like knock knock another car out like like you do in grand theft auto sometimes right you got to bang up another car and slow it down and I was like, "This is just terrible." Then I ended up just going out and hitting the sword with, or hitting hitting the car with my katana, and getting the job done way faster than running it with the car. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but uh, also playing in the different classes, quote unquote, or different histories of of the characters, it does open up different dialogue mm-hmm. um, in in terms of who you influence or how you get a point across. So. Um, so you know, slight advantage in some. I don't know if it overall affects the overall gameplay. I think it's just a different path that you take in yeah. terms of conversation. I, I like, uh, and I like the sk- the skill trees, and I like the ha- the the hacking, like you know, and the ways you know you can go about your your mission in a in a variety of ways. You can you know you, you can. Uh, hack things to distract them and and you know use the technology to your advantage and you know try to try to keep combat to a minimum or you can go in like guns blazing mm-hmm. um i really like the, the 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 sort of brain dance editing and and uh and you know when you're you know when you're trying to figure out where the relic is in the hotel room and you've got the whole mm-hmm. the whole thing i thought that was a kind of a clever like you know i'm sure there will be more chances to do that later in the game and it kind of reminded me of like the detective mode in the mm-hmm. in the batman uh the batman games um mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's 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 a lot that's that's really uh that that's really good like it's it's ambitious and it's admirable in its uh scope but it's just it's just rough well they were given a timeline and they just couldn't wait. You know what I mean? You're you're right. All all the concepts and the ideas in the, in the game all sound amazing, but they just probably just weren't given enough time or it was just too huge in scope. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how the game patches in over the next little bit, but uh, yeah, definitely would like to see at least stabilize and then but luckily knock on wood, I haven't had any crashes like you, so I I would be very disappointed if my playstation actually crashed and had to completely halt because i've i've i don't think i've had any game that ever crashed so i have no idea what it even looks like <laughs> oh yeah oh i've 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 had them before but this one is just uh you know it's not it's not crashing like constantly but it is but it's crashed like three or four times and maybe 10 hours of gameplay hmm. you know still too much yeah, I hear. Especially for some, for especially for the console, yeah. where yeah, everything it's supposed to work like a toaster, 
you just put it in it makes toast yeah you, you, you don't you're not expected to tweak the settings so that you can get better performance or whatever i i found that i had to do that i turned off not everything on the hud but i turned off quite a bit i turned off the film grain i turned off the lens flare and all the subtitles just to kind of see if i can stabilize the frame rate a bit more but any case i think enough for cyberpunk let's give it a bit of time uh maybe we can talk after the holidays to see how far either of us have gotten yeah uh, so you're a little further than i am but uh, uh maybe i can catch up to you but uh let's let's do some christmas fun here there curtis um last uh in halloween we kind of did the uh five and 15 where we kind of gave you uh some things to choose and think about for Halloween. This time we're going to do uh, a this or that Chris, uh, Christmas edition. So if you're ready, um, we got some different genres and uh, I want you to pick one or the other. It doesn't matter if you hate it or love it, but just one or the other. So um, why don't we start off with the, the food uh, topic. So Christmas cake or mincemeat pies both terrible <laughs> if you had to choose one um i think i'd take the minced meat pies i just can't handle that 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 hard fruit in the christmas cake mm. just okay you have to help me out here because I, I didn't grow up eating mincemeat pie what is mincemeat pie is there actually meat in it no no uh it's it's like a I should I should know because like uh my as as the resident white, as the resident white person yeah. on on this podcast I it's a mixture think. of dried fruits and spices okay it's kind of it's kind of also got that gross fruit that that dried fruit stuff is just no yeah. no good it, in both of them but for some reason mints in mincemeat i i hate it less i still will i still like this this christmas i will i will consume neither mincemeat pies nor christmas cake so so in a, in a, in a side story uh, i i i don't know if it's in japan but uh, apparently the 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 young folks in japan used to um call people who are too old christmas cake oh really yeah because basically it means Oh, you're that person's Christmas cake, which basically means that no one wants Christmas cake after the twenty fifth. Oh, right, right. So <laughs> very smart, though. Twenty five. Come on. Okay, uh, movie yeah, in twenty five. Is... <laughs> uh, we, we're I'm, beyond I'm, Christmas cake. We're we might be mincemeat pies. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I'd be. I'm not twice over. You're 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 that you're that uh, we're that sub that uh, Homer was trying to keep. Yeah, the behind, behind the radiator. The, behind the radiator. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Christmas movies, lots of Christmas movies, but this one is interesting. It's kind of like the same movie, but a modern take versus the classic. So this is Bill Murray and Scrooged, which you already said you're a big fan. You watch it every Christmas, or Scrooge: A Christmas Carol, specifically the. 1940s Alistair Sim version. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take Scrooge just because uh, you know, just because I really like it. 
nothing against uh, the Alistair Sim Scrooge of Christmas Carol, which uh, you know I think I think holds up pretty well, given its uh, you know given its age. You, you I, I I like Bill Murray's Scrooge as well. I, I I have to give credit to the Alistair Sim one because as a kid watching that one, I I learned all about. Uh, British cur- uh, currency <laughs> and, and all the different ways of saying, you know, farthing and yeah. Did they mention how? like a, a guinea? A guinea. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, hold on, how much currency? What kind of currency did they, like? Is this um like a, you know shilling? Yeah. But but they're they're all the same. It's just a different denomination, right? Like, is five shillings a guinea? I I don't know. Like it was before. <laughs> honestly, I have no idea. Like it was, it, you know. Now they have a base ten currency, like everywhere else, right? But back then, it was. I have no idea. A guinea was like slightly more than a pound. Am I getting that right? I don't know. <sighs> Who knows? When I was but... when I when I lived there, it was just pounds and pounds and pence. That was that was all yeah. I had to worry about. But other other than the 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 base story of of uh, Christmas Carol, I, I learned about. All these great saying of, of British currency. The other thing is that 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 it's pretty scary that uh, the Alistair uh, Alistair Sim one, like the you know for its time, like it was quite uh, like the the ghosts uh, were quite off putting. The ghost of of Christmas uh, future was was quite off putting. Um, yeah, that too, and you have to remember when um, Dickens wrote it, right? It wasn't exactly a great time in the world for poor people so i think that that was like the major impetus for him to write that story right yeah because um uh you know the takeaways because cal um i when when calm was young he 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 was trying to figure out the the meaning of of the christmas carol movie as and i i think i summed it up by saying uh don't be a jerk and be be good to poor people (laughs) Pretty much, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But uh, share the wealth, yeah. But um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to uh, throw throw a, a shout out while we're talking Christmas movies uh, to the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, only because ah. it's it's you know I like the Muppet, so it's so you know it's enjoyable on that uh, in that way. But what I really love about it is Michael Caine. So Michael Caine is essentially acting in an Alistair Sim type Scrooge mm-hmm. movie and then the Muppets are are acting in in a Scrooged type Scrooge movie like like Michael Caine, Michael Caine is trying his level best he's doing like an he's doing like a traditional Scrooge performance in a screwball sort of Scrooge <laughs> send up so I, I always found that dichotomy really interesting Oh, I totally forgot. I, want to, I have to see if I can find that on Netflix. I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, okay, cartoons. So we went deep into the vaults for this one. So this is uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the friend, uh, fr- the Frosty the Snowman. So both animatronic, right? They're no, I think I think I think Frost the Frosty I'm thinking of is like a is like a traditional oh, animated. Animated. oh okay yeah. okay okay so which one do you think Curtis oh it's got to be Rudolph oh yeah I, I, I yeah, we, we talked about Elf last uh last last episode mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, it's 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 a classic. I don't think there's really not much more to say. But is Frosty really a Christmas cartoon? I mean, it's kind of. I mean, I think fr- Frosty, like the Frosty the Snowman, is sort of like. It's not. I guess it's more. Maybe it's Christmas adjacent, but uh, it sort okay. of gets lumped in. I think with Christmas. Type is the one that you're thinking that Santa saves uh, Frosty? Like, is there one I'm thinking about? I, I'm having this weird memory of one cartoon, one where Frosty's saved by Santa. Like, Frosty actually melts and he Santa does, yeah, him. yeah. And he always says, "Happy birthday." <laughs> <laughs> All right, getting off of the visuals, back to food. So this is c- celebratory drinks. Uh, within Christmas, I I, I kind of made this one um, because there is no good one here. Regular eggnog or vegan eggnog? Um, I guess now I... I'll, I'll be very specific with the vegan eggnog. Let's say it's coconut milk eggnog. <laughs> I'm, gonna <laughs> go, really I'm gonna if I'm gonna drink eggnog, which I'm probably not, but if I am. <laughs> Then I don't want I don't want the I don't want the the ersatz vegan version I want the real eggnog, so I'm gonna yeah. go with actual eggnog. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna get some hate mail from this, but did you did you ever hear the 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 ancient definition for vegan? What's up? It's the uh, the village idiot who can't hunt fish or start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> you you might get some hate mail for that. <laughs> But just like the mincemeat pie question, I, I'll, I'll ask you as the resident white guy on this panel, what is eggnog? I, I don't know. It's like, a, like it's, a, it's, it's, it's like it's dairy. But dairy, is there egg, is, is there egg in it, or is it just because it's super thick that, like, what puts the? Yeah, there's the, there's eggs. There are eggs in it. Yeah, but 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 not in the rocky sense where he's cracking like raw eggs and like pounding it back like um yeah they're 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 mixed in like they those are egg yolk the egg yolks are what give it sort of like it's 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 off color or whatever um mm. but uh country of origin united kingdom that's not surprising <laughs> our uh, my people have a lot to answer for when it comes to culinary uh <laughs> culinary uh uh atrocities <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, like, like, like my wife really likes eggnog. We have eggnog in the fridge right now. So, okay. you know, like, like, I think my, my, the rest of my family, like my parents, my brother, I think even my, my, my niece and nephew will, will drink it. And I just never, never got, got, got into it. It's like you say, it's like the Rocky thing. Like, I don't want to, I don't, well, I don't want, well, I don't want to drink like, like, like a salmonella beverage. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> the salmonella shake. Yeah, salmonella shake. <laughs> um, I I also don't get it when people spike it with rum, because it's it's already foul as it is. I don't know if adding rum makes it any better. that I do get. You have to... that, that that I do get only because if because sometimes you know you're in a situation where you might go to like a Christmas party and then they'll have it. And they really want you to drink it. You think, oh, it might be rude if I don't drink it. So if it's spiked with rum, then you can kind of just like at least 
forget about it after you've had a couple you know <laughs> like you can you, you 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 can you can you can drink away the the unpleasant you can the alcohol sort of uh sort of sort of mitigates the unpleasantness somewhat yeah okay i'll give you that all right back to music or actually it's our first foray into music sorry uh christmas carol now we we decided to go with the non kind of religious christmas carols with these two so jingle bells or deck the halls i'm i'm a deck the halls guy i think i think i wrote jungle bell i didn't even i wrote younger bells <laughs> It's a good you thing I just went on autopilot. I just went. I knew what I knew. I knew what you mean. But uh, the German version. Uh, yeah, I like Deck the Halls just because I like the uh, the falalas. Okay, Jingle Bells. I always want to. I always want to uh, sing the 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 Batman parody version. Oh God, yeah. Um, it's not on the list, but. I don't know whether it's it really qualifies as a as a carol. Probably not because it's it's more contem- contemporary, like golden age of Christmas, if you will. Is a uh, White Christmas is a, is always a a favorite of mine when I when I come on when it comes on every year. But one song that I do find extremely foul and it, it hurts me to hear it is the Twelve Days of Christmas. <laughs> yes. When I was a kid, I liked it because I liked trying to remember all of them, all of the all of the gifts and the, the the numerical designations. But as an adult, it's very obnoxious. It's obnoxious. It's so repetitive, and you know, just like Bob and Doug McKenzie. Like, what are the twelve days of Christmas? <laughs> I've got Christmas Eve, I've got Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's. Like it ends. It ends on my uh, birthday. January sixth, which is Epiphany, and 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 it's a whole boatload of birds. Yeah, like too many birds, birds, yeah. birds, and people that seem to be in like indentured servitude. <laughs> well, you know, hey, maids you know, of milking, always... get to work. That's all they're doing. They're just maids of yep. milking, drummers drumming, and the geese. The I geese are just constantly, me. and there's six of them. Just constantly laying eggs. Yep. It's a terrible song. <laughs> Horrible. That's why I brought it up. I was like, uh... okay, so uh, another music one. Creepiest Christmas song. Baby, it's cold outside, or I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Um, Both are kind of odd in their sense the way whoever decided to write like okay so baby it's cold outside got a really like suddenly there was like an awakening last year and people were saying you know people should stop playing the song and mm-hmm. um but they take it out of context a bit because it originally was on a ricardo montabon movie right oh, and it? Oh yeah, if you, if you look it up, um, and uh, it's a husband. It's meant to be a. It was written by a husband and wife duo, but it's also supposed to be. Oh, they they both want to stay. You know what I mean? It's kind of like oh, it's nineteen forties. Oh, this wouldn't look right. But they both obviously want to be with each other. So right, but but mommy 
kissing Santa Claus one? Like, that's just creepy because the kid's now traumatized, right? Yeah, and, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what the situation in the house is. Like, maybe if it's, like, you know, like a single mom, you know, maybe you could, you, oh, you know. Right. Or is it, like, the kid is witnessing for the first time his mom stepping out and with Santa Claus? Or, 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 or witnessing a sexual assault <laughs> from Santa Claus? There's, like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's. It's not great. It's it's not great. I, I I think we might take a pass on this, but they're both equally creepy. <laughs> okay. So this one uh another this or that, but it's the actual day. Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Christmas Day, because Christmas Eve I often have to work. <laughs> I, I I think I think christmas eve in a way because it's it's the anticipation of christmas mm-hmm. day yeah i can i uh yeah i get that for I, sure. I i think i think i think that would be that would be my pick uh but uh uh yeah i i think so because you kind of you kind of have happier feelings and then once it once christmas day happens it's just like oh great now we gotta all clean up and then what are we gonna do for the rest of the day and oh it's this and that and whatever. christmas eve but, when uh, i was a kid was the worst day of the year why is that just because you're like the whole day is just it just went by so slow mm, right because <laughs> because as a kid you're anticipating it therefore you're paying extra attention to how long a day really is yeah and like you know like i I'd, I'd i'd want to like can you know try to beg my parents to open up a couple of gifts early and eventually like they relented like it, when I was like maybe like nine or ten, but like early on in 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 my youth, they did not. And mm-hmm. uh, just waiting, and then like you know, like other kids are over, and and you don't want anything to do with them because all you want to do is open your presents, and it just <laughs> seems to drag on. So so that's interesting when you, you when you brought that story with a kid. Did you have any odd Christmas traditions uh growing up as a kid or even as an adult today? Um odd traditions? We didn't really have any odd traditions. We did go to we went to we're not we're not a very churchy family. And okay. then one year for whatever reason we went to we went to mass on Christmas Eve. And I got an orange. I don't know. It was that was a weird. I didn't know what was going on. Um, and uh, so the that was that was kind of the a, a bit of a weird Christmas Eve for me, just because you know I'm not used to that kind of thing. But we didn't make a tradition out of it. Um, oh, how about, how about uh, you? Um, as a kid, we go for dim sum on Christmas Day. <laughs> Because it would be the only thing open, and no one had anything for lunch because everyone's so worried about dinner. We, so that was odd-ish. But I, I, I don't think I, I'm not alone in that happening because a lot of people have uh, dim sum on, on Christmas Day. You reminded, you reminded me. I totally forgot that. Like we, there was a stretch of probably about like maybe ten years. This would have been after the the time we went to mass for whatever reason, where we used to get. Uh, Chinese food on Christmas Eve every Christmas Eve um, you know I was older so I wasn't really as worried about I wasn't, I wasn't suffering from the anxiety of my use of waiting to you know, <laughs> I could enjoy it a little bit when we used to get together with our family friends and uh, 
and the, there was a place uh, in Georgetown um, called House of Buddha, and we'd get like um, nor- bad North American style uh, Chinese okay. food. No, no, I get that every yeah. Christmas Eve. So that's our current tradition is Christmas Eve dinner. We go to, I think it's called Dragon Delight or Dragon Palace in Oakville. <laughs> little shout out to them. So the funny thing is, is I'll order and I'll pick it up. So then it, like, I totally surprised the, the, the lady there. And, uh, you know, like, why are you ordering this food? <laughs> like, I like it. Your food is good. You know, I, I, I need some of that red death sauce right now. Red death sauce, the, the really heavily breaded chicken balls, you know. Yep. Yep. All that kind of stuff. I like. Yeah, I, oh. I, I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that that yeah that was a tradition. It wasn't. Yeah, I would say that was a pretty good. That was a tradition I liked. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't do that. Uh, we haven't done that in a few years. But yeah, I was pretty into that. So besides odd traditions, what was kind of the most bizarre Christmas present that you've ever received? And this is. Um, now, don't pick a bizarre Christmas present in the sense that, oh, you're a kid expecting a toy and you got a sweater. Um, you must have gotten something where you were just like opened it and you went, oh, <laughs> this is so this wasn't like on Christmas Day, but it was at a Christmas party at work. Uh, this is maybe three or four years ago, we had a raffle mm-hmm. and uh, I got I won as a Christmas present, a box of tape. So it was, it was scotch tape. There was like different kinds. There was like the, it was like the 3M accent series. So that like, you know, there was like tartan and stuff, but yeah. So basically the, the, the person before me won like blue rodeo tickets. And the person after me won a camera and in between I got picked and I got a box of tape. And I just remember the company president saying, we might have to throw in a couple of drinks with this one. And I opened it up. And yeah, it was literally, so literally they were cleaning it. They were, I guess they were down one present for the raffle and they were cleaning out the supply closet and they just had all this tape and they just threw it into a box. And that was a present. And that's what I got. And the weird thing is, is that is that I took it. I took it home. I still have it. I, I have used the tape like it has come in handy a couple of times, but <laughs> I'm not like the next day, somebody at work came up to me and they were, they said, I can't find any tape. And I heard that you have, that you have a lot of it. And it's like, I already took it home. So oh. they, so, so they took like too much tape. They put too, too much tape into the box and didn't leave any for people in the office to use. And then they came to me like I was some sort of like tape dealer. So that was the weirdest present I got. I, yeah, that cleaning out the office supplies and now you're still living through that tape. Still have it. Still have a lot. Most you know, of they, they, they didn't think of just kind of like throwing in like 10, 15 bucks in cash and just saying, oh, here's your gift. Cash. Right? Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> and they, I think they realized. <laughs> Couldn't they at least throw in a stapler or something? Yeah, I would have been fine with that. Yeah, some <laughs> something, you know, like, like some hard office supplies. Like, yeah, like a stapler or an electric pencil sharpener or something. Yeah. Okay, so I have two gifts that 
were bizarre gifts that are burned into my soul because I, I, I think about them in odd times when I'm even buying Christmas presents thinking, no, don't do this to someone else. <laughs> um, the first one, I think I was in my late teens and I got a shaving kit. Now to this day, and I'm almost at the ripe age of 50, I have yet to really shave properly in 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 the in the real sense. <laughs> so whoever got me this gift clearly did not know myself and just kind of found something or they 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 got some kind of shaving kit from from staying at a hotel and just said let's just re-gift this. <laughs> the second one, this one was even more bizarre. So, do you ever go to the uh like a, a men's clothing store, sometimes they have these kind of turnkey kits where you'll get a dress shirt and a tie all in a package, right? So mm-hmm. you just kind of, oh, I'll get this package in my side. So I got one of those. It was a kind of, uh, oh, I forgot the name, but it's like tuxedo tipped collar. So it wasn't even a shirt I could wear but on its own because it just the the way the collar is because the collar is meant to house a bow tie, which it had a matching red, like satin red bow tie and matching suspenders in this black. Sorry, I should have told you it's the, it's a black shirt, like with, with a bow tie tie. So I'm looking at this. I opened it. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? This is like a, a tuxedo bow tie suspender okay a black shirt a, yeah if it was like for a regular black shirt with like an oxford collar i would just kind of wear it and like throw away the bow tie and the suspenders like i could not use any of these component pieces the only <laughs> thing you can use that for is is if you got a job as a waiter in a steak restaurant maybe like, like an old steak maybe. restaurant you could probably make use of that or, or if I decided to have a career as like a uh, a, a street uh, a park mime, yeah, yeah, that, those two things. If you did either of those two things, you could use it. But otherwise, and I, as far as I know, you had no interest in becoming a park mime or a waiter in a steak restaurant. So I think it was useless to you. So I, I, I think it was another regift, or it was I, I don't know, uh, I, I. I I just said thank you and just went on with my life. That's a very strange gift. It well, I you know what the funny thing was? The size didn't even like come close. It had like a 16-inch neck. <laughs> <laughs> Which also meant that it was probably made for someone who's like 6 feet. So this thing was just like draped on me. It was definitely uh, you know, oh, kids love. But I don't I don't think I was even that How old was I? Again, this was kind of awkward teenage years where they feel like oh we need to give them a gift and here you go the shaving kit and the tuxedo top the the chippendale not even the chippendales top i yeah waiter top oh boy so curtis <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know it's like geez we're starting we're, we we we're, we're coming off of a a a, a bummer thought of of, of christmas but uh maybe 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 that that goes that goes to show you christmas is for kids and a lot of headaches for adults i don't know yeah, pretty much yeah 
well, as, as we said, uh, we're taking a little bit of a break. So enjoy yourself, Curtis. Uh, you, you're, you're, you're going to try to um, take some good time off and relax. Uh, yeah, I got about a week and a half off. So that'll be, oh, that'll be nice. Well, hopefully you'll, you'll fill yourself up with uh, mincemeat pies. Or oh, yeah. No, mincemeat pies and eggnog. Nonstop. <laughs> Can, can 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 you just not can you maybe you can you can do a combination of the two and the make it a salmonella mincemeat pie since there's no meat in a mincemeat pie anyway yeah yeah which i could not as advertised maybe some figgy pudding to uh to to, to complete the complete the meal so help me out here what's figgy pudding i don't know but it's in we wish you a merry christmas they're like now give us oh, some figgy right. pudding, but again, it's I think it's something that Brits eat. You know, I don't think. But 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 just like mincemeat pies, there's no figs in this because I like figs. Yeah, I like figs. There there's probably figs, but uh, I've never I've never had it. Um. So apparently Johnny Cash has a song about figgy pudding. Warm, sticky figgy pudding. There's a recipe from the Food Network. Now, is there figs in it? Just uh, it better be the first ingredient, oh, dude. The first, it's the second ingredient, but the first ingredient ingredient is pitted dates. So, you know, same ballpark. So you get pitted dates and figs, then water, baking soda. Yeah, it sounds fine. It's or it sounds like a great laxative. It sounds like an excellent laxative. <laughs> like if I'm gonna take, if I'm gonna need a laxative, this is this is the way to do it. X lax be oh. damned. So uh, just just bef- before we sign off, Curtis, um, if uh, for the for those that are listening that need a song on their Christmas playlist, do you have one other than the ones we discussed to add to someone's uh, Christmas playlist? Uh hmm. I guess I've uh, my my favorite sort of uh, Christmas song. It's not really a Christmas song, but I, I like to count it. Is uh, "Fairy Tale of New York" by the Pogues? Okay, so that's that's a good one. Yeah. So add that to your list, folks. I'm gonna put a more traditional Christmas song, or rather, it's you know Christmassy song. Uh, is Randy Bachman's "Taking Care of Christmas"? Ah, so you can imagine what that song's about. <laughs> or like is it like a blue, a blue collar christmas or like a blue collar uh a blue no collar no it's drink? it's 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 a cover of taking care of business but taking care of christmas yeah i saw that that taking care of business was like the blue collar man's anthem so i was wondering if taking care of christmas was sort of like you know like like the hard work in santa or actually but isn't taking care of business about how he likes to work at nothing all day no, that's uh, that's that's Dire Straits. No, that's uh, that ain't working. That's the way you do it. But I thought in uh, taking care of business, he's uh, he's talking about being a musician. Oh, right. Being a musician, he's kind of on easy street. Yeah, maybe. So, for those that uh, you know, add those two to your Christmas playlist, and everyone have a safe Christmas and New Year's uh, from both Curtis and I. Uh, you can catch Curtis and I on Spotify. Just search for The Existentialist Cucumber. We're also available on Apple Podcast, where you can leave a little review and more importantly, give us those 
lovely stars that will help us be found. Uh, Curtis, any parting Christmas greetings uh, for for the listeners? I I think you said it quite well. Like uh, everybody, stay safe, have a good time. Uh, This uh, train wreck of a year is almost over. (laughs) Next time, uh, next time we talk to you, it'll be twenty twenty one. It will season two of of the Exorcist. That's right. Yeah, the sophomore (laughs) season. That's right. Wonder if we'll get a software sophomore slump. No. No. All right. So, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Merry Christmas. Merry-